Hey, and welcome back to the A24 podcast. For this episode, we switched up the usual format to reunite the four minds behind our new Showtime series, Moonbase 8, Tim Heidegger, John C. Riley, Fred Armisen, and Jonathan Kreisel. It's a hilarious and touching conversation between friends and collaborators, and an unfiltered view into the difficulties and delays that come with trying to get a project made, especially when it's a little weird. We hope you enjoy it. I love Zoom calls. I, I just know. love it. <laughs> oh my God. I hope after the pandemic's over, we can keep this whole Zoom culture going. You know where I feel it? At the end of a Zoom call in my back. I just, mm-hmm. afterwards, I'm like, God, why does my back hurt from like being upright for so long and like just staring at the camera? I was. I feel like a little bit like my soul has been sucked out of me by the end of the Zooms. I've been masturbating during the calls, and it's not bad because you can just turn off the. Did you hear about that guy? Yeah, I know. Tubin. <laughs> oh, Jeffrey Tubin. Yeah. What happened? He was. I saw he got fired. He was very famous political reporter. Like, yeah. He was OJ out. He was playing with himself on a Zoom ca- Zoom call. Was he playing with himself, or did he just show it? I don't know. And the, he claims, oh, it was just a big misunderstanding. I was talking to someone, they go, and we, the signal kind of went out, then their picture dropped out. And we're like, what's it? You, okay? you still there? Yeah, I'm going to the bathroom. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> but it was very professionally done. All right. Well, let's uh, talk about our show, Moonbase 8, that we've made in conjunction with A24. That's why we're all speaking on this particular podcast. I've got my radio voice dialed in everybody can kind of get into their npr's mode slow and low <laughs> i'm larry mantle so we have me tim heidecker john c Riley, jonathan kreisel and fred armison fred is coming to us via zoom technology th- uh, up in where are you up i'm in vancouver all right well that's i think that's all we got <laughs> <laughs> can i i had a question this morning that i thought well maybe we could start an icebreaker question this is the question. Credence Clearwater Revival. What is the name? What is that name about? The 60s was all about these long names. I think like Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. It's like <laughs> that all that a, stuff. It caused a like, tidal wave. It, uh, yes. Where everyone was like, the uh, there's like the long, every band name is like an organization of an old timey right. organization. What was that 1912? Uh, bubblegum company band oh yeah. no and what was the Is that band what remember called? some of the guys from the birds um started that flying burrito brothers no uh i'll have to look it up <laughs> sorry great anecdote credence but... but the word credence clearwater revival i don't know it's like know a church the... yeah like a revival clearwater yeah. yeah okay i think they wanted it to be sort of hard to figure out something like mm-hmm. a conversation starter yeah <laughs> The Nitty Gritty Dirt Band. There you well, I go. I guess that's a little different. Uh, John, Strawberry Alarm Clock. Yeah, I'm looking it up. John Fogarty would perform at my elementary school to raise money for the school because his kids started going there. Really? It was kind of crazy. No, it was amazing. <laughs> it was in the little school amphitheater. He spent a long time not being able to play his songs. That's right. That's right. But he was still playing them at the school during that time. That's how he would get it out. Well, yes. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, Moonbase Eight's uh, a show that we made. Basically, started from me. I was on an episode of Port of Portlandia. Now, Chrysler, you were you had since moved on from Portlandia. <laughs> no, I just wasn't directing just, every episode at that. You had point. stepped away from the day to day. Yes, is that right? But Fred, but was I still put in mired a, in it. But I put in a good word for you to be on it. 
<laughs> He's cool. I was on there. I was hanging out with Fred. We were laughing, making each other laugh. And I was texting with John. I said, John Riley. I was like, I'm up here in Portland. John's, by the way, lost in his Google search. No, no, I got it. I got it. What's the band? It's it's the Fantastic Expedition of Dillard and oh, Clark. Oh, yes, yes, yes. They loved those big, long... Mm -hmm. Sorry, I'm like way after the moment here, <laughs> yeah. but... But well, they can edit that all together to but make it all work. It's also like their band name fads do kind of go together. Because remember in like 2002, it was like the strokes. The 90s was very uh, one word, polvo. <laughs> <laughs> Pulp. Blur. Blur. Pulp. Garbage. Jane's Addiction. I like oh, the simple garbage. statement. So there's a bunch of them. I have not, this is no joke, I have not slept since the election. I've just been up. <laughs> really? Yeah, it's, the, it's now, <laughs> it's a week and a half. I've just I, been watching CNN. I can't, I, once they called it on Saturday, I'm like, I can't keep, I gotta f f see how all the states go. So I've just been <laughs> up. I watch it, I just watch CNN 24 7. They're pretty much. <laughs> counted now there's not a lot of news each day well, you'll wait till you see what happens next week you're gonna yeah, be surprised q, q said yesterday no one can stop what is coming right Ooh. and i'm assuming he's talking about uh the biden presidency <laughs> <laughs> were you getting that that ad in front of every video you yes. watch for a while before the election with a this chubby bearded fisherman going how do i register to vote no it was no. this one ad i just kept seeing it over and over and over <laughs> it was uh targeted to right to you so. it's like hey i kept getting stacy abrams saying time to vote wait do you guys uh, you guys have ads on your youtube videos oh yeah i pay i pay to not yeah it's changed my life it's changed my life hmm. how much is it it's f like a uh, hundred bucks a week <laughs> I'm on a weekly plan. I mean, if you think about how, what it would cost you to buy those videotapes, <laughs> that's pretty good. Uh, stacking all these videos. <laughs> Just clicked on one. Did you guys read that story about the guy that's cataloged every Letterman episode ever? He started taping them. He started on cassettes, just taping the audio. Oh, and, yeah. And keeping a yeah. database of mm. what who was on and what the sketches were. Yeah. And he eventually started taping it on VHS. And he's he's just surrounded by tapes in his apartment. He's like fully wow. like enclosed by these tapes. What, what was his stated reason for this? Uh, he could never stay OCD? up late to watch it. So he would. Oh. No, I don't know. I, don't, I think it was probably that. Like just... Like a completionist. Yeah. It's got to finish it. I have a friend whose father obsessively collects magazines. Like he gets many, many subscriptions to magazines. And then it's turned into this hoarding thing because the magazines come and he needs to read them in order. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. So he's got many <laughs> years of magazines ahead of him. He's like, no, I have to read every page of every magazine that I've subscribed to. <laughs> oh, my God. It just sounds like a hell zone. <laughs> <laughs> it's so irrelevant by the time he gets to I it. I know. So. <laughs> he's reading like The New Yorker from three years ago. 99% of magazine articles don't need to be read at all. Right. Like you get to the yeah. end of it, they're like, I, I was trying to read an article today about geothermal energy. There's like a new, uh, I know. And I was like, I want to learn about this. I think this is cool because it's going to be this new revolution. For it the is, way by we the way, it, yeah. I have a brother who's a contractor and they're doing that with all the new homes. I, ch I checked out halfway through. I'm like, <laughs> I just assume the rest of yeah, this. Yeah, I get, I get really mad when it starts getting long. When an art, I'm like, come on. I feel like I have Page all my information. Three? And then four pages in, 
All right, just finish it out. Yeah, you feel a little bit of padding going on. All right, let's get back on track. We're here yeah. with John C. So Riley. Let's sort out this this origin story because as we started to do press, it changed. It seemed like you guys didn't totally agree with where the space colony idea came oh no. from. Are you are you reading every interview? We do? <laughs> no, no, I'm just remembering when we started talking about it. Like, because from my point of view. And granted, the whole thing, all four of us just started piling on and adding yeah. ideas, and certainly. But I remember, and correct me right now on the record if I'm wrong, but we were trying to think about ideas when you were up there in Portland with yeah. Fred. And then the su- subsequent days. And then the subsequent days, and we started, you know, what, like Three Stooges, but, but all these different ideas. Civil War reenactors was one that was pitched. Um, and then I remembered that I had this idea for a horror movie that took place in the like on the South Pole in a research center and it was during the like 60 or 80 days of darkness that yeah. they have down there mm-hmm. and I thought that would be a brilliant cheap movie and then you could make it's all about like the the monster is in there is them is their personalities and how they deal with each other and that idea was inspired by me looking at a National Geographic article it showed this kind of really homogenous, very National Geographic friendly version of this base. And then it had these little things in between the lines that I noticed that said, like, during the many days of darkness, strange relationships develop. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. It was this sort of coded thing like, wow, oh, they lose their minds mm-hmm. during this darkness. And they start sleeping with each other and they start drinking to mm-hmm. excess. Cause the, and then there was a picture of them unloading cases and cases of beer. Base, I, but. I have this vague memory of sniffing out a show, and I don't know if it was ever made since then we sniffed it out. I have a vague memory of sniffing out that there was some kind of ice station yes, or was. some kind of Antarctica show. Yes, on Fox. They made a pilot for it. Right. And, and I think we sniffed that out early. And oh. now we said, oh, well, that, that idea is taken. None of this sounds like a discrepancy. Sounds like we. Yeah, I don't. I know that's I what I'm trying to figure out. Is where did we step? It seems. In what shit did we step in? I think we're all agreed. Yeah, I think we're all agreed on on all of that. Now, Tim, do you remember what we were joking about on Portlandia? Two things. I have a very strong memory of it. One is this reboot of Punky Brewster that we were talking about. <laughs> that's actually happening. It is. <laughs> yes, on Netflix. I think. Well, Thank God. But it no. was we were talking about it in this way that as we do in real actually do sometimes you end up gossiping about who's involved and who's writing on it and it, and and <laughs> how many versions it's gone through, right? Oh, I heard And also um, the cameos. Like the cameos are always like you won't believe who they got. Yeah. Okay, so David Hasselhoff. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, yeah. you're actually getting it. But also like I heard Ro- Seth Rogen like did a there was it went through him for he had developed it for a while but then it kind of it wasn't working, so then Judd and a couple other guys were like talking about this thing that was like so painful to get done and get made. And like, <laughs> have you read the latest revision? It's yeah, amazing. Yeah. The Goldenrod page is really everybody's taking a crack at it. It's got it's getting really good, <laughs> and also being like super super like in the know about it. And like, oh, here's a kind of a dick thing that I can do right now. Um, okay. Which is the <laughs> the whole reason that Tim was up there doing Portland. Oh, yeah, this is a good one. And I I did mention it once, and then I was like, that's such a shitty thing to say to Tim, but I, I just <laughs> but couldn't help myself because <laughs> in some way I can take credit for Tim and Fred working together on that Portlandia episode because the role was offered to me. 
And I was like, I'm not going up there to do that. It's not enough to do or something. Yeah. Uh, you know, like any funny per Oh, I thought to myself, any funny person can do this. It's not a huge workload. Uh, <laughs> even Tim could handle this. No, not even know, Tim. But, but, you know, like it didn't require my services. Right, you know, right. like at this point I'm getting old and I'm yeah. like, unless it really has to be me, right. I, I can just pass this along, you know. And then next thing you know, Tim writes me, hey, man, guess what? I got this gig on Portlandia. I was like, all right, good for you. <laughs> John, how did Tim do in the exterminator part on Portlandia? Very good. I thought the episode turned out really good. It was very funny. He was great. He was so good in it. I won an award. He was, I won, yeah, that's I won right. the, uh, not the Emmy. What's the other one that's huge? The Portland. The Webby? The Portland Acting Awards. Yeah, the Portlandia <laughs> Acting Awards. Oh, God. <laughs> I just want to bring up the other joke that oh. we were. I'll make it quick. Okay. The I'm, other bit that we were doing was I think we did a serial bit. No, uh, I'm going to correct you, but then you can go off this. Peter Pan. Yeah, Peter, Peter Pan. That's right. GIF. It was like like that. You visited the factory or something. Yeah, like the Peter Pan the peanut butter factory, <laughs> and how they're cool. <laughs> this was actually became like a building block of the show. That kind of joke. Yeah. Because yeah. we realized like, oh, wouldn't it be funny to have the three of us sitting around just debating petty things that mm -hmm. really have no bearing on anything and don't there's no resolution to these things they're just do you like you know Jimi hendrix better or <laughs> you know or the stones you know right. it's like who cares like yeah. but in the end there's not much of that in the show not really i think the show kind of went in a in a different direction than we maybe originally thought it was going to go but that's how it happened. That's what happens. But that that pettiness, mm -hmm. that thing yes. of this not letting something right. go yes. and needing to be right and and you know pushing things right. when you should just be be nice and just let it go, you know. Because remember that astronaut we talked to. He said that you Mike, all, Mike, you're always supposed to say whenever ha anyone has a suggestion in space, thank you, even if you think it's the <laughs> dumbest idea. These three guys did not get that training, right? Because they're immediately like. I don't I don't know if that's a good idea. <laughs> so Chrysler came in because the three of us said, let's try to do something. I think we had come up to the space idea pretty quick. Yes. I re I literally remember saying like, well, who who's going to be the fourth beetle here? Right. Why don't we go just aim as high as we can? Yeah, Steven Spielberg. <laughs> and and he was unavailable. <laughs> no, I, I, I mean, John was yeah. literally the first and last choice. Contrary to this actor conversation we were just having, you really were <laughs> the only person we went to because we thought, well, here's someone all three of us immediately trust. Oh, thanks. And someone who already knows like how to get the best out of us. Right. What was it like from your point of view? Oh, from my point of view, it's like um, it's so exciting to be like, oh, this is done. Like the idea, <laughs> there it is. I can imagine it. I'm excited to like watch from the sidelines of like laughing and just, I know how small it can, you know, just what you're talking about, these little petty arguments. I'm like, yeah, I love that kind of thing. So then already have a group that's going like, oh, we want to do that. Yeah. Go, ah, yeah, well, this will be f just fun to scrimmage around in this world. As we were heading into actually making it happen, when it went from like a bunch of insane ideas and character ideas and images, what did you think was the biggest challenge to actually turning it into something real? It's or kind of like, yeah, just sifting through all the ideas. You know, I was thinking about this after so many years of like trying to get this made and, you know, you have all these meetings and talk about episodes and then you could go, it might never happen. Mm -hmm. But um, 
Yeah, it was really just, I remember there was a couple meetings of like, well, there, you know, somebody could get sick and that could be an episode where we have to quarantine. You just go, I, I, I just, I immediately know, okay, I could put that whole episode yeah, together. Right, it right. has everything is crystal clear. So just, and it's funny to think about moments. how ideas come from very small things. And it's like one episode, the move the base episode, mm-hmm. I remember Fred just going like, you know, when people, pa- some, he was talking about packing <laughs> and just like how anal people can be about packing. And he, it's something about Fred where he can like find something really specific and really granular. And it's something that really bothers him that maybe he only picks up on, mm-hmm. but finds really funny. And then that becomes like, all right, well, why would these guys need to move? Why, how can we do scenes where we're packing? You know, like it's why would they move? It's such a stretch. And so then the you just work backwards from that. When I come in there and I go, guys, <laughs> I just announced <laughs> yeah. one day for no reason. We're on a bad energy vortex. Yeah. <laughs> it's such an unexamined decision. You guys go, oh, okay. Uh, all right. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll have to deal with that. Yeah. You know what? I remember early on when we were coming up with ideas for the show of of loving um, my favorite TV show of all time is The Andy Griffith Show. Mine's Mad About You, Paul Reiser. It's my favorite Mine's show. Mine's 2020. 2020. 2020. <laughs> Sorry. But on Andy Griffith, I literally was – I remember being in the room with you guys and, t- and we were trying to come up with ideas. And once we figured out the kind of sameness of the environment and, and once the characters got kind of set, we realized – you know, each episode doesn't have to be some intricate plot. It can just be about one thing, mm-hmm. that one little conflict. Because in a world where everything's the same all the time, one little thing becomes a whole story. A big deal, yeah. And I remember pitching you guys. There was this great episode of Andy Griffith, where Aunt B uh, makes pickles. Like <laughs> she decides she's gonna get into pickles, and then <laughs> Andy and and Barney try the pickles. They're like, oh my god, these pickles are terrible. <laughs> They're terrible pickles. <laughs> but she's this sweet old lady, and so they decide to hide the pickle, like empty them out and hide them, and then she's sees the empty jar and oh your boys like my pickles and she starts giving them more and more pickles and it becomes yeah. the whole ep that's it the right. episode is just about like they don't like her pickles right so i thought like uh what's the, what's our version of that I, i'm trying to think how what did that turn into it must have turned into well, something well it's things like yeah. you know whether we like this candy bar <laughs> right. or you know or we ran out of water or we know, like, or we uh we have a cow now and we have to hide the cow yeah. and we have to <laughs> decide like is really, I mean, I'm I'm a fan of the show, and what was nice about making it and then it, sitting on the shelf for a while is like watching it again now after not seeing it for a while and like forgetting about lots of things about it. But like, just like the little runs of jokes, like me uh, wanting to make use this cow for milk, and you Cap keeps saying like, and then we're gonna turn it into <laughs> steak, and it's just perfectly timed. Where there's like three of those little asides, like mm, then it's time for chops. And it's just like, and just you're clearly dumb, getting dumb. closer and closer emotionally to the yeah, cow, yeah, yeah. and I'm just salivating, thinking about a one sauce. Yeah, you have to leave the, uh, you know, you have to leave reality a little bit for some of those kind of jokes to work. Those yeah. are clearly about John and Tim being funny and enjoying each other's sense yeah. of humor than like it yeah. being a character. And the fact that we don't know what NASA stands for. At yeah. a point, you know, I, I like to kind of rationalize that by saying like, well, just in the heat of the moment, they couldn't remember, right. but they do know somehow. But I think from now on, I might not, when I make something like a film or a show or whatever, I might wait two years to look at it because when this was first done, like we had some early screenings and I remember thinking like, 
uh, like, I don't know. I was just, I had some health concerns at the time I made the show and I was, it was reminding me of that. And then I just felt like unsure about my own performance and I didn't like the way my hair looked or yeah. whatever. And now, like you said, like mm. I've forgotten about all those insecurities and now I just watch it like it. I love it now. Yeah. I love it. And all the, all the it. stuff that that all the bad parts that have been cut out that I don't remember <laughs> are just now distant. You know, they're not right. even they don't even come into play anymore. And I just enjoy it like a fan, which is a good way to enjoy things. I don't generally like watching or listening to myself. No, it's tr it's. What about you, Fred? Do you like? Watching your own work. I love it. I love it. <laughs> well, you have the Fredathon every year where you some, show all your favorite sometimes things. Sometimes I'm even, sometimes even, I'm even surprised it's me. I'm like, I love this. What am I watching? I'm like, oh my God, that's, that's me. I get so lost in it. When yeah. did I do this? When did I do this? That's one thing that's really hard to predict is whether something is going to age well. Because there are things that I've done that thought like, oh man, this is mm -hmm. as good as it gets. And then three years later, like, ah, oh, this is feels very dated and not. So that's the I challenge. This... I'm always looking to, for stuff that might have legs, you know, that might yeah. that might be, you know, might have relevance to people in the future. But it's very hard to predict. Mm -hmm. I did this one movie a few years ago, and it was a very small independent movie. And my scenes are like some of the funniest things I've ever done. I think not. <laughs> well, that's 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 overstating, but I'm the funniest thing in this movie. <laughs> But I feel like I'm in a whole other movie. Like, you know what I mean? Like the rest of the movie isn't like this at all. Yeah. And my scenes are like, I'm just improvising as this kind of low rent manager who's on the phone and just, it's all that just like really dumb stuff that, but I, I was like cracking myself up, but that's the I've only one I was like, I can, where, I can remove myself from it a little bit. I've had this thing happen a couple of times where I did something small, like a little movie and then it changed titles. <laughs> so that when we did a movie like that together where i'm like i i actually well so i'll see a clip of it i'm like i do not what is this what is this movie <laughs> promotion? Fred, yes the promotion was originally called quebec which i thought was a better title yeah me too well can i just say something about that steve steve conrad yeah. who made that movie have you seen his shows john Carson. No, I, I, they're they're the like Patriot? the greatest no. Patriot and this new show, his other show, Perpetual Grace Limited. It's like some of my favorite shit I've ever seen. He's one of the great. Oh, he's brilliant. Yeah. He is really, oh, man. really I'm doing a new stop motion animation show of his. Me too. Oh, thank you very much. I actually, they asked me to do it and I couldn't do that part. <laughs> so they went to you. The other weird thing about this show, obviously we made this in this really unusual way, which was we went to A24. I think you were out of town or something when we actually went around to pitch this show i joined on a video call at one point yeah. i remember but we only we went to just, a couple we places. had just done a whole big pitch on another uh, tv show idea That's right. and i think we were both feeling really discouraged and yeah. used by the heads mm -hmm. of amazon and those yeah. kind of places we we're so, pretty bitter about the process yeah, we we're like i'm not going in there and doing a whole tap dance again but I mean, we, we did bring a 30-person chorus with us to these meetings for for that pitch. That's a whole other story. <laughs> oh, 30-man chorus. <laughs> Men's choir. Into these choir. boardrooms yeah. to sing for the heads of Netflix, Amazon. Hulu, Hulu. for sure. We did them all. And we Showtime. Yeah, we did uh, that Journey song, right? We did no, a, we did the Chicago song. Chicago, um, right. Walking in a uh, park. Saturday in the park. Saturday. Whip. In the park, like yeah. Anyway, so what I'm saying, major is digression. We though. felt really burned by that process. We thought we made this huge effort; it was a great idea for a show, and then 
We got nothing. So I was like, I'm not going around and just doing a tap dance again for these people. And then do a pilot. And the thing that scared me was we would try, we would sell a pilot. We would get all of our schedules to align under the full moon and build a giant moon base set and then shoot a pilot. And then who knows if we'd ever get back together again. That was my fear that we would like capture something great and then it would be impossible to do again. So we were like, went to A24 and they very interested in doing it. And we just said, we want to do six episodes and then you guys go off and sell it to whoever wants it. And I won't call them out, but another company was in a bidding war with A24. Remember, it was down yeah, to yeah. two, mm-hmm. and they were both really wanting it. And this whole thing, I think that getting burned on that TV pitch experience actually yeah. made us feel like, you know what? I don't want to have to like listen to executive opinions about whether the script is funny or not. I Let's approach it like an independent movie. Like That's my wheelhouse. I come from independent movies. And I thought, the way you do it is like you, you've... You create the vision, you get someone to believe in it, they pay for it, and then you send it out into the world. Why, why should a TV show be any different than a movie in that way? And, and so we went to the greatest contemporary independent, independent film, film yeah. company out there, and lo and behold, they went for the idea. And the two years that we were waiting for this one to get snapped <laughs> up by a, by a distributor, the show just came into focus in a way like mm-hmm. none of us could have predicted. I think you said, Chrysler, we were like, things just takes so long sometimes and you just i have to say like ravi at a24 everybody that was involved with the show they were true to their word and in in a way that was like sometimes hard to realize all the time you know because you're like what is going on what yeah i have a very i think it's very hard for me to trust people i'm always thinking like things are you know i guess uh they're all, I don't know, you know. No, but I, you just have that to have feeling. so much patience. I was reading an article about that new Mad Max that came out a few years ago. Mm-hmm. They were working on it for like 15 years. Like they started shooting, they almost started shooting like 15 years before they actually made it. I'm like, oh my God, you must have to. <laughs> okay, we almost shot it. It was shut down for 15 years and <laughs> started again. They must. You just have to believe in a blind faith. You just have to do it. Otherwise, I think I, I was raised with like, like on the south side of Chicago, this whole idea of like, wh- who are you to think you're going to be successful? Right. Who are you to think that you're more special than everyone else? So I, I literally was raised like that. Mm-hmm. So it's less conspiratorial thoughts with me than it is self-esteem, right. like yes. low yes. self-esteem yes. confirmation. <laughs> like, well, yes, of course. You know, I got lucky with that other movie because I was working with those people. But right. now this thing that I made, of course, no, it's uh, yeah. what was I yeah. thinking? Like, no I one wants it. I it's have like, that too. And then, luckily, we had these amazing people at A24, especially Robbie. He was yeah. like, no, guys, you know, even as humiliating as it must have been for him to write these emails after months and months of waiting, like, hey, man, you know, we're still waiting for this response from that one, this one, and that one. And among us, we were going like, "Yeah, right, man, it's over, <laughs> it's over." We had the joke going that Ravi's got is it is it actually in like the Barbados, yeah. and he's uh, he's fled the he's country. <laughs> Love he, you, Ravi. Because A twenty four was mad at him for spending this money <laughs> on our show, uh, and I'm I'm sure there were many other executives in town who would have, in the same situation as him, as him would have said. You know what? This is going to be our tax write-off. Let's mm-hmm. just I'm tired yeah. of working on this. Let's just I got other fish to fry, man. And thank you, Ravi. But you know, stuck with to us. me it seems like and to everybody probably here it feels like oh, it's it's f- 
Fred, John C. Riley, John Chrysler, like what wouldn't work about that or why wouldn't that be big? But it still ends up it still ends up being a weird show that isn't for everybody. Yeah. That it doesn't look like everything else. And you all you have to do is watch five minutes of like just flip around the channels to see that like <laughs> What what goes out into the world is very different than anything I've ever made or try to make. Yeah. And it's not easy for anybody to sell it or to defend I th- it. I often. think it was the case of like, you know, these companies, these distribution companies are used to they're used to going and buying fabric and then having lots of meetings about what the cut of the suit is gonna be like and then trying a couple of different fabrics and mm-hmm. then and then at the end of the day they have this suit that then then they go and try to sell. And we kept going, hey, we got this suit. We already have a suit made. Yeah. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. Want to see it? And they're like, yeah, well, we're thinking of making our own suits. you know." And then eventually, I think the truth just won out. And especially with this quarantine yeah. pandemic thing, it made the show make a lot more sense than it did originally, I think. Or it didn't seem so weird. It didn't seem so mm-hmm. out of the... Well, everyone's dealing with that isolation. Like poor Fred right now. Look at him. Yeah, I'm trapped. <laughs> trapped in Vancouver. The other thing about doing it in six weeks is we kind of like it got compressed, or six episodes is we it kind of got compressed into this is the show we're doing and we're doing it all now. So even though we knew what we were doing, there there was there is a benefit to sometimes doing a pilot. We just went in fucking deep end, <laughs> jumped in. And we're learning about the show as we we're making it. Probably, I was so, gonna, I was going to say it is sort of a show about roommates room, just getting along with your roommates <laughs> like friends did you guys yeah. have roommate experiences from like college or like those years after where yeah. you're like have some weird person <clears throat> in those relationships yeah i think i think being in a band is kind of like that like you're in a van with these people who you're supposed to be with and you love them and then somewhere in the middle they just drive you insane <laughs> just by recommending a restaurant a restaurant <laughs> like we should go eat here those words will just really drive you crazy like how could you suggest that right. <laughs> why would you suggest that place <laughs> and you're getting used to their smells in the van you're just like oh, i can't believe i have to be with this person even though i started oh, yeah, out loving them and i remember proximity uh, breeds in college my first dorm i had my first roommate you know, and it's a, such a shocking experience, really, to have this suddenly you're like, I'm living with this stranger and like it's a small room. You have just bunk bed. You're like, this guy is my is my life now. He's like my partner in life. And I just met him. I grew up with five <laughs> brothers and sisters. So my whole life was roommates. My whole I mean, my bedroom there were four boys in my bedroom for wow. until my older brother started to get just turn into, you know teenagers and young adults and they kind of moved into the playroom but even they had to share another room um so by the time i left the house i was like determined not to have roommates to this day when when i'm alone when i'm in the house and my family leaves and i'm suddenly alone in the house i'm like ah i feel this like sense of like adventure and like privacy and I can just do whatever I want. And you're like, <laughs> it's, and it's from that childhood of just never having privacy at home. Never. Yeah. I, I think I've just, I'm too settled in my own odd ways now to really be someone that could share a bathroom again. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just thinking like, 
one interesting thing i was kind of saying this earlier but like the the idea of like doing six episodes without really stopping and looking and seeing what we were actually getting yeah was it was weird because now we, then we kind of sh we shot them out of order yeah. right? when we were yeah. grabbing things from all over well because we, we shot everything inside first yeah, yeah, and then we yeah. went outside mm -hmm. so it's not the, that's a ballsy move for it's that. a tough it's a tricky way to do something and I, I always think like you really don't know what you're doing until you've kind of done it, you know, a little bit. Like with all of our shows, mm -hmm. I think we've, you know, you make a couple episodes, you're like, oh, this is the show we're mm -hmm. making. And then you follow that. Like he, seeing the show now with Stephen Drozd's music, mm -hmm. the guy from the Flaming Lips, like that music does such mm -hmm. an amazing job of setting the tone. Mm -hmm. I think it just, it, it changes the way I would make more a little mm, bit, interesting. you know? I mean, it would it would inform the way you make more. Yeah, you'd learn about what the show is, and you'd say, "Oh, that was really that really works. That doesn't work as much. This really like do more of that kind of episode." You know mm -hmm. what I mean? I was really a holdout on TV in general for a long, long time. I mean, re until very recently, honestly, and it was only when I saw that Escape at Danamora. Oh yeah, that I was like, oh. Okay, we're in a new era where mm -hmm. if you have a good idea and you have good actors and there's great performances, like, of course you want it to last as long as possible. Right. Like that thing could have been twice as long and I would have just gobbled it up. Like, right. So then it made me really realize, like, you know, these ideas of, you know, I do still have hesitance about working in TV only because the pace. It's you so are a little weird. You're a little freaked out by the pace of the show. Yeah, the pace of the work day. Right. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, yeah, you could say like, show, well, we yeah. got it in three takes. What are you worried about? Like, it's not that I'm worried that we didn't get something. It's like, if we did seven takes, what would we get? Right. You know, mm -hmm. would we get something? And, uh, you know, when I work with first-time directors in independent film, I always tell them, like, don't err on the side of, like, building beautiful sets. Err on the side of getting yourself as many days as possible mm -hmm. shooting so that you can incorporate new right. good ideas, you know. Right. I mean, luckily with us, we're just improvising and constantly felt free to do whatever we want. Everything's all the time gold. Anyway. That everything's gold that comes out. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, you could that's you could you, you could the pace, you know. You could also argue on that point that film sucks. That movies <laughs> suck. They have that's there's, a there's like extreme. a sucky quality to them. You know what I mean? I find most movies pretty boring. <laughs> You know, this this may have if this if, I mean not E twenty four movies. If uh, Moon Base Eight was a movie, it pro it wouldn't be as good as the show. Mm, I don't think. No, no way. Because you no would ha you'd be forced to like cut down on the weird stuff in order to have stuff that really fed the plot, and mm -hmm. you know you would lose a lot. So yeah, I'm starting to come around to the idea of. I mean, my big thing is I always advocate for that central vision for it to seem, and that's another thing that kind of messes me up about TV is like when different directors come in and then the director is by definition kind of a guest star. Right. And then the actors have more power than the director. And then the writers mm -hmm. have more say than the director. And all of a sudden, like, I don't know how to work in that environment. I grew up doing mm -hmm. movies and right. it's a pyramid. The director's at the top of the pyramid. That's how Paul Thomas Anderson works. And he makes great movies, so why would you change that structure? But well, anyway. what we operated kind of like a movie in that sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, there wasn't like a big writer. There was no writers' room. That, that's one thing I'm very proud of the way that we did it. We're all strong personalities with our own little egos and our own, you know, sense our, our own right to say I know what's best in this moment. Right. But somehow the four of us 
treated each other like a true democracy. Yeah. And I really felt like all of us had equal say in this, which is it's hard to do that with two people, let alone four. Yeah. Well, the, I think we all complemented each other in the right way. Kreisel's vis, his like visual sense in the show is very strong. It's like a cool looking show. Yeah, but you never want to. Oh, yeah. Every time I see a still or anything, I'm always really happy about it, how it looks. It just looks so great. I'm so happy about that. Yeah. And those suits that we detested wearing (laughs) look great when you photograph. Mm -hmm. I said if we do more, the first scene is us getting new suits. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. But that's not going to work. (laughs) I just thought, I was just thinking about that because that's not going to work. Because we, they're in the base. They can't suddenly get new. Well, NASA can give them whatever they want. Guys, it's they, a low-budget show. Those suits are the those are the suits. Okay. Can we just have to make them. them better. We should put cooling systems in them, like the, like I had for my fat suit on Stan and Ollie. There was that. There was attempts that never really worked. They were like cooling Why don't we just shoot it in the winter? Or like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's the that's answer. Right. Instead of the hottest. That's or, a simple answer. <laughs> or I always also th- and this is controversial but I was like you know the key it's about the three of us so like well, maybe we're just now um, divers in the uh, in the Pacific you know in Hawaii and we're we're, we're trained yeah, James like, the we're, we're now we work like, on an oil rig well, on like, an oil platform isn't that in the like of the Gulf of Mexico that's what the three stooges or Abbott and Costello would do like I was watching the, over the Halloween I've watched uh, three uh, Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein with my kids and you know they loved it any good it's it's there's some great mo- Fred have, you must like that movie I can't remember you should watch it part of it well yeah there's great moments but then it's like one of those movies that everyone says that they've seen and i'm like do have i really seen it's on peacock it's actually on peacock if you have that streaming thing but then the second movie that like they end that movie where they're like they introduce the invisible man at the end of that movie and then the next movie they made was they meet the invisible man but they're two completely different people, you know. <laughs> they're, not, they're like detectives now with different names. And I kind of like this idea. Next one's going to be called Oil Base Ace. <laughs> We're on a platform in the Gulf of Mexico. We're just oh hard wow. oil riggers. Oil Base 8. <laughs> We've transitioned out of there. That's why I like the Muppet movies. They're always meeting each other for the first time in every movie. Hi, right. I'm Kermit. Oh, right. nice to meet you. <laughs> Didn't we do that show? No. No, it's, it's a, a different reality. Now. Yeah, we're journalists now. <laughs> yeah. Well, Fred, final thoughts. Um, I think we should maybe invest in a twenty-four in some way. Maybe there's some way to like help them, find you know, with finances and stuff. Maybe that, that's <laughs> the new. I'm not into that. Money, my money. Yeah, with your money. Ah, okay. But what is the future of movies? Not just movies, but the whole thing of communal gatherings. Yeah, concerts, everything. Movies is the least of our worries. You know, like how about just feeling a group identity and being together with people again for any reason? I do think something is going to get figured out. Just only because everyone loves it so much. Well, did you see that Flaming Lips concert where the whole audience was in their little hamster bubbles? That's not tenable for, (laughs) for mass consumption, but... No, but it's something. Where there's it's a like will. some direction. That, well, yeah. What about like something like Woodstock? We could do a Woodstock. I love Woodstock 99. Spread people out. You know, spread them out. Yeah, I remember, was it Spiritualized? Did those concerts with headphones? Everyone Flaming Lips there? did that too. Oh, they did. Uh, Dave Chappelle has done a couple of concerts on his farm. I think there'll be the vaccine and then we'll get comfortable going out by next, year, by next yeah. fall or something. Next I think summer. even with the vaccine... 
I'm going to be rocking a mask for quite a while. Yeah. They say the mask is the new reality. For a while, mm-hmm. yeah. But how great would it be if Jim Carrey came back out with a new mask movie? I mean, this is the time to seize A24. If you're smart, get in, bo- get in bed with Jim. And Oof. <laughs> Didn't they do the mask, too? <laughs> yeah, did, yeah. There was. There was? There was a mask, too. Yep. Speaking of showtime. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I'm just glad the show is out and people are enjoying it. That was the purpose of it. You know, it's like a little bird that left a nest, finally flying on its own. I've gotten a lot of me- you don't. You're not on social media. Nobody. At all. You guys. Yeah. N- I'm the only one. So I watched the social dilemma, and I had a couple of social media accounts just to kind of keep track of certain family members. As soon as that movie, it said the end. I turned it off. <laughs> I got up and deleted both of my social media accounts, and I ain't going back. Well, yep. I. But people like it. That's what you're saying. I am, and the messages I get nine to one, ten to ten to one, nine to one, something like that. Ten, nine out of those you ten. You haven't seen enough things then because yeah. there's plenty of things. I more thought somebody d- direct messaged me. This show is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, well, I really want to talk to you about this, man. What do you think? And he's like, I'm a, f- I'm a fan. Uh, yeah. This show is terrible. Let me talk to you about that. Why do you think I want to hear that? Why? Yeah. What about you? thinks that I want to hear from you about that. Why did you slide into my DMs yeah. with that? How do you think that's supposed to make me feel? I'm hoping now that with the fact that it's out there, people are enjoying it. It's giving people pleasure, and it's like an antidote for all the kind of like mm-hmm. craziness we've been through. I hope there's like a groundswell where we get to do more, because it really was just almost like an experiment. Will yeah. this work? Will it be well, funny? Like, oh, by the way, I was watching the last episode, and we do say that Doctor that's. Skip's father is dead. So we oh, did have shit. an idea that your father would come back. But but then I was like, oh, well, he just he oh, lied we'll about just di- he lied uncle. about he lied about uh, no, dying. No, just make it his uncle yeah. who looks a lot like <laughs> his you know, twin like, brother. Right? You know, like your weird your, your dad. My dad's been dead for a long time. But, you know, like the weird uncle, like, yeah, it kind of feels like your dad. He has yeah. some of the same opinions as your dad, but mm-hmm. not quite. Sure. I think that would be worse in a way than your dad coming to visit you. Or you just forgot that he's still alive because you cut you, you do like the previously on Moonbase and you oh yeah, my, my dad yeah. passed away he's like oh you're right he didn't die I just I've just been in this experience for so long. or here's another this is the, this is you're getting a good glimpse at the, our, our writing process our writing process or Fred could say well. I told you guys he was dead because I'm tired of living under his shadow. <laughs> I just wanted to have a place where I could be my own man, and you guys thought he was like out of the picture. And you guys are like, wait, what? Perfectly acceptable. <laughs> we don't care. This is the reality. I'm creating my own reality here. This is my opportunity to live without him under my. Do you think we can sell Quizlord out on the? Oh my god! Because <gasps> Quizlord's wonderful. It's my favorite thing. I love it. I think we could fill in the Quizlord. gaps and just put it out as a game. It has. Such a beautiful board, beautiful pieces. <laughs> it's got to be people that just do that. That can be this can be our money. retirement right here, yeah. selling Quizlord. That's Christmas season almost. We got to get it out there. You know what they did on Star Wars is they didn't have any toys ready for the first Christmas after the movie came out. So they so they sold an IOU. 
Really? So that wow. when the toys did come out, you ha- so at Christmas time people just got an IOU. <laughs> so we could do that for Quiz Lord. Start orders. Start orders. Start orders. I bet people will well, buy that. It's like those Indiegogo campaigns. It's yeah. the same thing. You yeah, sure. exactly. You invest in an idea. Exactly. So invest in Quiz Lord, folks. <laughs> I want to just say uh, finally that I'm Please. very grateful for all of your friendships and and what we all were able to do here together. And I'm very grateful to A24. Yes for believing in us from the beginning to the end, and I'm really grateful that people are responding to the show. Amen to that. Amen to Fred. Safe travels back to the States, hopefully soon. Thank you. Amen to that as well. I agree. John Kreisel, good luck in all your endeavors th- you. th- throughout the rest of the year. I hope your family stays safe and well. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. All of you. I hope Homeschooled. Everyone, yeah. Hang in there. Keep doing good things and believing in each other and and things will get better, right? Amen. A24. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for listening. The A24 podcast is produced by us, A24. Special thanks to our editor, Tom Wyatt, and Robot Repair, who composed our theme.